Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who League. It's very unfortunate I got a copy of the Daily Telegraph this morning and all I can see is bad news about the Parramatta Eels. This season just keeps going from bad to worse. I can't wait for my panel to make fun of me about the Eels this morning. Looking forward to it. I've got Elle Alsop from Fox Sports back this morning. Good morning, Elle. Thanks for having me back. Good morning. It's been a little while since we've had you in. I'm pleased to have my co-host back. Thanks. Looking forward to it. We've also got Hayley Barker, a writer for Ladies Who League and for The Raw. Good morning, Hayley. Good morning, Mary. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Now, I have to tell you all, Hayley is from the foot of the mountains. It took her an hour and (laughs) 10 minutes to get here this morning. I think Hayley's even more dedicated to this podcast than I am. So, Hayley... Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. <laughs> no problems at all. And also joining us in this year, we've got Renee Gartner from Channel 9. Good morning. Hello, good morning. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to talk about this morning, actually, was tennis. It's not a topic I usually talk about on the show, but Serena Williams this week won her 22nd Grand Slam title on Saturday. So in tennis world, that's a massive deal because that's her 22nd Grand Slam. She's now tied with Steffi Graf for the most for, you know, 22 Grand Slams, and there's only one other person that's won more, and that's Margaret Court. I think the best part about Serena Williams this week, though, was that she was asked what it was like to be one of the greatest female athletes of all time, and she said, I prefer the word one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah, she was boss, though. I think the yeah, best thing about what actually, she said that's is... that's boss. Yeah, that's boss, it. boss, drops mic, got the swag, whatever you want to put it. She's already started in Beyonce film clips, so the girl's got moves. But I think the best thing that she responded with was obviously being a woman in sport and being at the top of her game, she said she wanted to be the best athlete in the world, but she always gets hounded about the equal pay with women, mm-hmm. which is a massive thing and it's, it sort of drums on over and over again. Her response was, as a journalist, if you wrote less, would you expect to be paid less because you were more beautiful? So she's never sort of barked the order that she needs to be paid the same as men. However, she believes that the women need more pay, which I think, again, is another sort of standout. Yeah, no, and I'm really pleased that she's being outspoken about that and the media consistently ask her about that and it's because she's willing to be open and say, look, this isn't good enough. Yeah. Female athletes deserve better pay and more recognition for the work that they're doing on the field or on the court or wherever they may be. Yeah, and I think the big point is is that it, they're not working any less. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If, if you look at it, uh, despite you know the differences in three sets, five set matches and all that kind of stuff, it's not that they're doing any less work, so why should they be paid any less for the same amount of work being put in? It would be like a concert. Like if I go to a Justin Timberlake concert, I don't know why I picked Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> don't sure, even know where sure. that came out from. Ensign fan. <laughs> oh, of course. Who isn't? I mean, come on. Justin Timberlake and that show went for 90 minutes and Taylor Swift came on and her show went for, you know, three hours. Would Taylor Swift expect to be paid way more than Justin Timberlake just because her set went longer. I just don't I'd, think I'd expect case. to get paid more to be in that audience for potato. <laughs> <laughs> just me though. Oh, dear. <laughs> so I love that from Serena Williams. And it's coming at a time I think where there is real momentum in women's sport. There was a good announcement out of Cricket Australia this week as well. And we all know that cricket's doing amazing things in terms of participation. They've just committed four million dollars to growing the female game at a grassroots level. So that means that five hundred thousand dollars is going to go to schools through the Growing Cricket for Girls Fund and the other 500000 is going to be used to employ female participation managers. 
I like that too. Oh, I think that's great. I think Cricket Australia have been probably at the forefront of women's sport at the moment. I think on the back of that WBBL's success last mm-hmm. year, which was incredible that they got on board. Um, and then seeing that success that they're actually following it up. That's great to see. And hopefully it can flood through the other sports and we can get a bit more exposure because I think that's the key and using this sort of blueprint across other sports. Yeah, they're really leading the way in women's participation in sport and, and driving that throughout the community. I think they're doing a great job. They are bringing it. Rugby League is also standing out there as well too. AFL has just released that it's the new women's competition. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's huge in terms of particip- uh, offering participation opportunities for women. Um, I spoke to a couple of the girls from the Gillaroos as well this year who were unfortunately beaten by New Zealand. But, I mean, they've now started to create – development roles for women within the game. So they are now actually out there with as NRL de- development officers, if I can get my words out. Mm-hmm. And now on top of that, there's talk of that becoming a national competition as well. So a lot of the girls there, they, they don't have the pathways to be able to go from playing footy at a, as a young girl to all of a sudden they sort of stop, they can't play with the boys anymore, and then they're coming in late. So they're either coming across from soccer or um, touch footy or Oz tag or kick tag, I think it's called. And now they're actually creating, I think Cronulla is the first one um, that is now having that national league to be able to go into, so and yeah, gone. I was just going to say, yeah, there's there's not that exposure in schools. We were discussing earlier mm. that you know, as girls growing up, we had hockey and softball, and that was it. And yeah. you don't have this exposure and touch football as even a separate sport. You're even unlikely to get exposure to. So mm. to actually be able to go, all right, this is a sport that you can actually play. Here, girls, this is how it's played. Just getting that exposure mm. at a grassroots level. That's what needs to be done in rugby league. Yeah. I think. I think the women's game is the one piece missing from the rugby league empire. If we look at women, you know, in broadcast roles, I think the NRL is definitely leading the way. Mm -hmm. If we look at women involved in clubs, so, you know, you've got Raylene Castle, you've got Marina Go. So those women are very visible. We've got female referees. Um, But, yeah, I think the women's game is the one area that, you know, the NRL can improve on and that's the area that cricket is better at, but I don't see as much happening well, yeah, the other well, they're now calling it a double header for women when yeah. it's when it's Australia New Zealand. They're playing before the men. It's a double header and no longer a curtain raiser. Mm-hmm. And I think again, that's bringing it to the forefront that they're starting to create that equal playing field for them. I think it's also showing the the young girls and the parents out there that it actually is a safe sport. Um, I think a lot of people look at the sport as not being safe, and you got all the big hits. But there's a safe way to do it, and it actually is a safe way. It actually is a safe sport. So I think it's about getting that um, message out there. But the Renee, you're right. You know the double header. We shouldn't underestimate the power of words. That was fantastic. Uh, people are now getting to know the names of the Jillaroos and the very fact that the Sharks are beginning that women's competition and having that women's side. I think is a good start. And it's just going to get the ball rolling and hopefully in a couple of years we'll have our own women's competition. Yeah, fingers crossed. Woohoo, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break now because there's plenty to talk about coming out of Rugby League World. It's been a big week in Rugby League this week. Congratulations to the New South Wales Blues who defeated the Maroons 18-14 in Game 3. I have to say it was a very Queensland-like performance in that New South Wales sealed the deal with Michael Jennings scoring the match winner right on full time. My favourite moment of the game, though, (laughs) Aaron Woods. He stole the show. Running in to celebrate with the team, leaping, missing the team doing, I think, a little bit of a flip, a little tumble, and then he stood up and started celebrating on the, on his own. But look, when you're Aaron Woods, you are the party. Everyone should be coming to you. I just loved it. Well, it clearly wasn't Jenko. He was the one who scored the try, and he's yeah, off with his Pat Malone, just going, 
What's going on? I love that. In the excitement, sources just run over the top, picked up Frizzell and yeah. carried the celebration away from Jenko, who's just walking and celebrating by himself. I was waiting for the hashtags like pray for Jenko and with Jenko I stand and things like that. The poor bugger, he's just out on his Patma. I did like the way that Woodsy, um, Woodsy blamed Source. So it was Source's fault for moving everyone out of the way yeah. with the celebration. And then basically, apparently, the story was that he was putting his hands up to just cover it because he thought no one would notice. Yeah. Didn't realize. That there are 13 cameras. But there was so much happening within that one sort of like little <laughs> ruck. You've got Jimmy Maloney just absolutely peppering Corey Parker and then runs off and plays Duck Duck Goose around the outside <laughs> of the scrum. You've got, yeah, Sauce coming flying in. He goes and tries to take um, Corey Parker out first. Then Jenko comes around. Then you see Josh Jackson as the next flying man coming through after that. It was just brilliant. The longer, the more you watched it, more things just unfolded in there. You're like, ah. The gift that keeps on oh, giving. Brilliant. It's what I like to call the beautiful chaos. <laughs> <laughs> now that should have been a hashtag, L. Now I this, it. write it down. This yeah, for me was a bizarre game because I feel like all the stuff that happened not on the field was the more interesting stuff. So can we start with Andrew Fafita? What mm. was that? Yeah, his haircut. <laughs> and then... It's the boxer braids, and that's what I blame Sorry, the aggression on. <laughs> that's 10 in the bin, buddy. Yeah. That hair has to go. What was that? He came out of nowhere, I think from the other side of the field, to put Gavin Cooper... I was so happy Gavin Cooper scored on debut. And then Andrew Fafita decided to put him in a headlock. Were you happy that Gavin Cooper put the ball on Matt Moylan's head? Yeah. No, that's so I wasn't he... happy about that. <laughs> just, 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 just Matt, Mo- Matt Moylan has the face of a baby angel, so no, I wasn't happy. <laughs> about that but um yeah Andrew Fafita. Do you remember the game with Melbourne and Manly and uh the Stewart brothers coming in like a spider monkey from the far end and they ended up in the blue on the side that's exactly what it was I called it a spider monkey move you know what's it Talladega Nights I'm gonna get all jacked up on Mountain Dew and come on you like a spider monkey chip that's exactly what it was it was dead set spider monkey so we're saying that Fafita and Moylan might be related well no I'm saying Fafita and the Stewart brothers might be related (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that it was it was a brain explosion, and he's the first one. He's come off. They asked him about it. He turned around and said, "Yeah, it was a brain explosion, but I wouldn't take it back." Ma- Matty Moyland is like a younger brother to me, and when he can't be protected, I'm going to run out and be protected for it. And it's kind of scary because he does a lot of stuff with Junior League, and that's sort of the, <laughs> that that's the biggest thing for me. We were yeah. going to do a story with him, and hopefully, maybe a little bit down the track because he is a very very good. Uh, I guess a coach when it comes to younger boys, but that's the worst example you can be setting on the team that, oh yeah, they put a ball on his head, so take his head off in retaliation. So it's kind of, yeah, yeah, 100%. Good, easy trade. Good, easy trade. Let's actually talk about what happened on the field. L, who are your standout players? I thought Tyson uh, Frizzell. Look, I was very happy with Tyson Frizzell. I thought he was good. Hands down. I think Frizzell was incredible for two games. Yeah. I mean, has there been a better debut in history of Origin? I'm going to go with no. Perhaps okay. not. I thought James Tedesco. <laughs> Big sweeping statement. Yeah. Back, backed up by no The facts. end. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Teddy looked really at home. And I thought Teddy yeah. was incredible, but then again, I'm biased. Yeah. You're allowed to be. <laughs> oh, as the commentary was. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't even contain the commentator's excitement. No. That's how epic that break was. Oh, sorry, break by Fergie. Break followed by, up yeah. by Teddy. By Teddy Magic. But the thing about Reese it was... Ferguson finally turned up for a game. Yeah, that, that's very true. Oh. I believe that was a redeeming line break. What about the little side glance I'm getting from the Roosters fans in the building? <laughs> but Laurie Daly was so worried about bringing in debutantes this year. I mean, he made comments about being worried about bringing players in too early. I think the debutantes were the ones that shone out of this year's series. So I'll give you another side of that. So Laurie's basically said that when he brings a debutant in, he doesn't want to come in and 
and be so overwhelmed by the experience mm. that they have a bad game, which yeah. he says happened to him. Frizzell, it, although he's a debutant, he's been around the New South Wales Origin camp for probably two, close to two years. So he's been brought in as the 19th man or mm. just sort of as a fringe is what the Traborovic brothers got brought into this time. So they've been around it from start to finish. They know what the camp experience is like. They know what happens during training, what the media is like. They get taken to Coffs Harbour. They have the whole experience and then they're there in the sidelines in the bunker sort of thing for New South Wales. So for them to then step out in the field, I don't know if you remember, it was a close shot of Frizzell in game two and he ran out in the field and just had the biggest smile on his face and he was so relaxed. He wasn't overawed by it at all and that's part of that experience that we're seeing that Laurie Daly's been pushing. But mm-hmm. everyone's turning around going, oh, debutants, biggest ones on the game. They will debutant, yes, but they've experienced it. So... I mean, I think that's a that's a brilliant shine, a show of faith that Laurie's given. And I mean, I know a lot of people are still calling for his head, but I think it's going in the right direction. I don't. I think Laurie should at least have next year, and we, we see well, what he's we do. Contracted until Absolutely. next year. Absolutely. Yeah. Like anyone trying to get rid of him before next year, I what, think what's it's a contract mean in local yeah. league? <laughs> <laughs> what is this bit of paper with writing oh, on it? Contract. No, this is so You just hear this. <laughs> just ask Paramount. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get on to that. But, but no, I agree. He's got one year left on his contract. Let's let him have the opportunity and, and you know, work with this new sort of young team that he's got. But really, you look at the side that they're playing against, it's going to be the best origin team in history. Mm. And re- who, what coach is going to be able to coach against that? Probably maybe Craig Bellamy is probably the only <laughs> one who would have any insight on how to beat Queensland. So... Who are we going to replace Laurie Daly with, really? Yeah, well, that was my other question. Who, you know, who would you replace him with? And I don't really have an answer for that. No. Um, what did we all think, though? The latest controversy is about the Blues team walking away from Cameron Smith as he was on stage. There's been so much in the media about that. Well, it's funny that they don't seem to remember the 2014 episode when we won the Shield mm. and Queensland seemed to have done the same thing. I think they were actually back in their sheds by the time the trophy was handed over to New South Wales. It's very difficult for them to remember everything that's happened in amongst their 10 years. Well, I know, because it just all mashes into one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, all I can just remember is we lifting won. up the yeah. shield. <laughs> yeah, we won, we won. Did we lose in that one? <laughs> yeah, nah, no. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's been a really big story and I just found it a little bit bizarre. Let's all move on, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was it was poor form. I was there and I, I looked at it and I was like, why are they leaving? And they've turned around and said, well, we didn't realise it was still going on. We couldn't hear anything. But I'm like, are you, got, well, you didn't see them on the stage? <laughs> With a microphone in front of oh, them. Cameron Smith's mouth holding a shield. Up yeah. Like, that's a G up. So it, it was rude. I said yesterday as a joke, oh, Cameron Smith speaks pretty quietly. You know, the, <laughs> the, the accountant he talks pretty softly. Maybe that was it. I can't believe that was their actual excuse. Yeah, no. It was, like, like he had a microphone. Yeah. They're like, we couldn't hear anything there. We thought we'd finished. I'm like, well, you still can visually see them. Like, <laughs> Every single p- professional is up on the stage at that moment. Now we'll just go for a wander. We'll just go for a yeah. little walk. But the yeah. thing about it is even if words were said on the field, and I imagine that words were always said on the footy field, mm. just stand just stand there. Yeah. Watch him speak and then you can go and move on and celebrate with your families and, yeah, that's what I think. You anyway. can't call them a bad sport in the terms of that came out on the social media after game two and then be a bad sport the following game. <laughs> like, turn it up. Exactly. All right. Well, that's state of origin sort of done. I think we've touched on all the important things. We've talked about Fafita. We've talked about Tedesco. We've talked about Aaron Woods. They're the big talking points. We'll come back in a sec and wrap up the games that have happened this weekend so far. Radio Hub is Australia's premier podcasting facility. With high-quality sound equipment and production services, Radio Hub is a one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. 
So, if you're ready to jump into the exciting realm of podcasting, contact Radio Hub on 0402 870 900 or email info at radiohub.com.au. This morning, congratulations are definitely in order for the Gold Coast Titans who defeated the Dragons last night 32 points to 12. I think the Titans have been one of my favourite fairy tale stories this year for a team that no one thought was going to make the top eight after all the issues last year with Daly Cherry Evans and the injuries that they had earlier in the year. They've got a good group of youngsters and a good group of, like Ryan James, for example, who I think is playing the best football in his career. And now they're looking like they're going to play finals. What a good story.
Yes, I have seen Left. Four, Left. Four, Norman, Wapmo. Oh. Who else is on there? Um, <laughs> Everyone who Pete's, was on the highest page. Pete's, Pete's on there. Pete's 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 Oh, was Gio Paulo on there? Yeah, Gio yeah, Paulo Paul was on there. Oh. That's the five, isn't it? And then there's <laughs> Rochi put the five board members on the other side. <laughs> if you were the PR and marketing at that club, you would just be headbutting a brick wall so hard. But okay, So that was my They're thing. They're gone. <laughs> they yes. used to be PR now. <laughs> they left they're the building. They just left. Nothing can be done here. That's my thing with Corey Norman, though. When he was found at the star having dinner with alleged criminals and in possession of drugs. I just thought, look, this team is under fire at the moment. Can't you just stay home and play PlayStation? Maybe if Pokemon Go had been around at that time, we wouldn't be in this if mess. If you play that, I'm going to take your phone and I don't. Them, all right? I don't. But look, Corey Norman's Snapchatting. Maybe and... that's what he was doing. He was just trying to find his Pokemon and all of a sudden there, well, was, was, poking there was some something. drugs. <laughs> The Corey Norman game. Pokemon. This is the other thing about the, the okay, so we can talk about the sex tape. Let's Poke talk norm. about that. Pokemon. There you go. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> it's the new hashtag. <laughs> the You're thing welcome. about the sex tape is that from what I understand, it was consensual. Mm. Both were well behaved. There was no aggression, there was no violence. Yeah, the, uh, the sex act with naked woman. Yeah, sex act <laughs> was with consensual. Was all was all okay. You know Yaro in the background watching, yeah. just eating creepy. his popcorn. How yeah. creepy! He was learning. He was a development player. It's <laughs> <laughs> for next year. I always want to congratulate Norman for practicing safe sexual behaviors, but um, <laughs> this happened to Conrad, Conrad Harrell though. I, I think it was like two years ago, and it was yes. with a New Zealand radio host. And she came out and she even said, she goes, it was consensual. I don't yep. care. Like, yeah. everyone could look at the video. We all do it. Have a and crack. Look at Connie now. Yeah. Look at Connie. Now. What about Connie's gut last night on the TV? He was admiring his own lack of abs for about a good 10 minutes before warm up with his jersey pulled up to that. his face. He was trying do to eat yourself a, a favor and have a look. It's just the visual splendor. So poor old Corey. Yeah. Uh, he'll be stood down for Parramatta's game against the Panthers tomorrow and he'll then meet with the Eels Disciplinary Committee next week to see whether they impose a further punishment. And then I suppose the NRL can step in if they don't think that that punishment is enough. I don't even really know what to do with Parramatta anymore because they're just Stop a disaster. Following them. <laughs> Renee, look, I'm trying. I'm really trying. I've got other How about we move them to Perth? I've heard that's a great idea. Hey, speaking of games in Perth tonight, watch out. Seriously. Manly, New Zealand. Saddle up, Manly might win a game. I've tipped tipped Manly. (laughs) Yeah, good. I've tipped Manly. Manly. I I don't think the Warriors will be able to sort of back it up in Perth. It'll be way too warm over there. Again, another team that you just – I feel sorry for anyone looking after the Warriors as well, like or watching the Warriors because they've just been hot and cold. They've been like the Benji Marshall of the NRL. (laughs) But I feel like with them as well, they've been just some bizarre, (laughs) bizarre coaches. Decisions like why is Tui Lola hair coming off the bench? I don't know. I don't know. I've got no answers for New Zealand. I think <laughs> Freddie Fitler said it the best about halfway through the year. He goes, "If you're a New Zealand fan, stop, change teams, give up." He actually called for everyone to What's stop. What's he said them. about Parramatta? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he just shakes his head. Oh dear. Um, I don't even know where to go. <laughs> Stop, give up. <laughs> yeah, maybe stop, give up. But yeah. actually, I do want to say one thing about Parramatta, one more thing, in that <laughs> the board has decided, they've come out yesterday and decided that they want to appeal the NRL's decision to strip the 12 points. This board absolutely has to go. Like, I'm oh. not shy about saying that anymore. The damage that they have caused, they no longer represent the wishes of the members. They have to go. I don't understand 
why no one has come out and taken accountability and accepted responsibility. We've done the wrong thing. Yeah. Let's just move on. Haley, you're an Eels fan. Back yeah. me up here. I th- No, I completely <laughs> agree. They need to go. They need to go. And what is the point of this? I thought it was a quite lenient punishment. Agree. Um, you know, and like, what, what are they trying to gain out of it? Everyone knows they're lying. They're cheaters. Like, what are they trying to gain from it? They're just putting the fans through more pain. They just need to give up walk away and let us start fresh. What they also need to do is drop this war with the NRL because this is a war that we're not going to win. And I know that leading up to the breaches, the NRL went to Parramatta several times and said things like, do you have anything to declare? Do you have anything to declare? And each time the answer was no. We have shown throughout this year that we have no desire to work with the NRL at all. And, you know, we find ourselves in a situation now where so many of our players have gone, Brad Arthur, how he's still there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and you know, we we've got we've lost our twelve points, and now we're appealing it. Enough. Like, do they actually enough. believe they've done nothing wrong? Yeah, I, just, I, I don't get it. Yeah, like, they're, they're still claiming innocence. But the like, thing about that is, so they've come out and they've blamed Scott Seawood, our former CEO, for for a lot of the mess that's happened. There are only two possible scenarios here: either Scott Seawood was the mastermind and knew what was going on, and no one else did. If that was the case, then they're still in the wrong because as a board, you're meant to know what your CEO is doing. Or they did know and they're lying about it, which is just as bad. The whole time they've been around, they've always blamed someone else. But Mm. at the beginning, it was the previous board. Like, it's always someone else's fault. Just come out already. Come out, accept responsibility, and maybe we'll have a club to support next year because at this stage, membership numbers are going to drop and Parramatta are going to be in a lot of trouble for next year. Yep, definitely. That was serious. Wow. We have no laughter <laughs> no for about no 10 more. minutes. No more. Wrap it. <laughs> Let's wrap it there. Let's wrap it there. 20 days to go. Only 20 days to go till the Olympic Games. I think I'm the most excited one in the room. Apparently there's been no build-up. No, I'm excited. I'm with okay. you. I'm with All you. Right. You've got Renee's one. You've me. got one out of four. Because <laughs> Haley's shaking her head at me. She's like, Olympics, don't know what's going on. But yes, there are only 20 days to go. Um, and the Australian team is almost full now. So we've got 386 athletes going and the projected team numbers are 410. Uh, the best team announcement this week I thought was about the Rugby Sevens. Ellie would have been excited about that. Yeah, definitely. I think they're a massive chance at a medal, if not a gold medal, I expect. But this is the thing. Everyone talks about the women first and then the men, which I love the most. So I was having coffee with someone and they were like, oh, I know someone that plays Rugby Sevens. And I said, oh, who? And they were like, oh, one of the men's players. And I was like, oh. I don't actually really know them, Ben. I only know about the women. And I was like, that's great. Um, so congratulations to Alicia Quirk, friend of the podcast, who is off to Rio. I'm hoping she can come back and show us her gold medal when she gets back. One of the big things that everyone's been talking about this week, though, is that our Olympic bosses have said that they're determined to enforce a zero-tolerance alcohol ban in the athlete's village. So that doesn't mean there's a total booze ban on athletes. It essentially means that while athletes are inside the village, they're not allowed to drink, they can go outside the village and drink, um, but they're also going to be enforcing a uh, behaviour policy as well. Elle, do you know about this behaviour policy? (laughs) (laughs) I do. I think it's fantastic. Athletes, I'll just read this for you. Yeah. Athletes are in breach of the code if they display behaviour which includes swaying, staggering or falling down, being disorderly or argumentative, having rambling conversations, or annoying fellow team members. I'm pretty sure I tick most of those boxes on an average day at work. So That's me apparently I, I can't have a be a professional athlete. That's the only reason I don't. I don't fit the bill for uh, Rio. Uh, Go on. I think it is pretty funny that they're doing it, but I mean we've got to look at the first and foremost the safety of the team. So 
you know, being drunk, you're going to be more susceptible to someone, I guess, taking advantage of it, which has happened in the lead up. I think yeah. one of our, two of our women got attacked um, when they're on a bike ride around Rio. One of our Paralympians was attacked yeah. and robbed. Yeah, well, exactly right. So, I mean, that there's that. Then you've got the fact that you are actually in a really close pr- proximity with other athletes. And although you might have finished, there's still a lot more that are there. And if we're going to be serious about trying to make the medal count, I think Australia want to be in the top five at the Olympics mm-hmm. this year. They do need to be serious about what happens to the athletes inside. And I'm really, really fortunate. I'm good friends with Shelley Watts, um, our female Com Games uh, gold medalist in the boxing. And she's back and trying to go gold now with the Olympics and a really strong chance. So the last thing that she wants to do when she's already starving because they've got to cut weight is having, you know, the, the bloke next to them on the, on the drink. And annoying them as well too. So, so Renee, I totally get that. For me, these are professional athletes. The yeah. Olympic Games is what should be the pinnacle of their career and something that they've been working towards for many, many years. Mm. If they can't go without alcohol for a two-week period. 100%. And, you know, you want to be at your best. Yeah. You want to be at your physical best. So I, I don't see Although how- after a few skinners you think you are at your physical <laughs> best. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of my view on the whole thing. Yeah. No, I agree. Alcohol should be the last thing on their mind if they're going over there to compete in the Olympics. <laughs> so the funniest thing is, is when you talk about the Olympic Village, we talk about booze bands and we talk about how many condoms Could they throw in condoms. there. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the best village in the world. <laughs> it's a big sorority house, really. Come on, coach, let me in. I'm ready to go. <laughs> didn't know that you were so good at impersonations, Renee. I love it. <laughs> I also couldn't go any further without mentioning the um, the official logo. It, I don't think it's the logo. It's the uh, the official mascot for the Rio Olympics because Elle's really enjoyed it this morning. There's a picture of it in the Daily Telegraph. It's, I think it looks like a Pokemon. I was I think about it looks to like say a that. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, is it meant to be? I think it's meant to Dish be a tree. Dishwashing utensil. Well, that's sure. it's perfect. Hands down. You could dust the unit down when you finish <laughs> yeah. with your little mascot. Exactly. Well, if you're not drinking, you've got plenty of time to keep your to keep your unit clean as well. Wow. So maybe a little friend here is going to come into the picture. Wow. But on a positive note, good luck to all the athletes that are still here. I think most of them have already headed overseas yeah. already, but they will be listening to the podcast because I mean, seriously. They wouldn't miss it. No, they take it with them. And we've got a really good podcast in two weeks, I think, where we're going to do a big Olympic special and we're going to preview a lot of the female athletes that are going right. over because I think the girls are actually our strongest chances. And you've got Bronte and, Can- and Katie Campbell in the swimming. You've got the Matildas. You've got the Rugby Sevens team. I'm really excited. Yep. And Shelley Watts, as I said. And Shelley yeah. Watts. Yeah, come on. Well, but Renee, you <laughs> must be really boxing. excited about boxing returning to the Olympics as well. Yeah, big time. And there's a few changes, um, obviously, with professionals now being allowed to box yeah. as well too. Um, but, I mean, Daniel Lewis, uh, a male, not a female, uh, he's also up for it as well too, and he's one of our high contentions to win a medal. So, I mean, boxing in itself hasn't won uh, an Olympic gold or Olympic medal ever from memory. There might have been one way back in the day. But let's go with think, that. Yeah, I'm going to start, I think I think there's actually one. Yeah, Fennec. Fennec. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But just don't quote me on it because this could go anywhere. <laughs> but I think that the fact that it's back in there um, is it was one of the best things that's there. And, and it's a lot of people think it's pretty brutal get a sport to watch, but it's very tactical. I call it an aggressive game of chess. Do you know what? Maybe I'll watch the boxing this year. I've never really been into boxing. You can come but... do some training with me. We'll get you started. I would love that. <laughs> Renee's going to beat the crap out of me. Duck. No. He go, Corey Norman. This is my See, you'll be able to get all your Parramatta rage out. Do you know what? That actually sounds really, really Perfect. good. Perfect. Done. All Let's right. lock it in. There we go. We're going to lock in a boxing <laughs> session. I don't know how we started on the Olympics and ended up at a boxing session, but, you know, that just seems to be empowering the way. Empowering women. We're empowering women. 
<laughs> we are empowering women. There was one other story I wanted to touch on as well, and that was on Swoop this week. So that's the Daily Telegraph's women's sports section. And it's about Eloise Wellings, who has qualified for the Olympics again. She first qualified as a 16-year-old ahead of Sydney 2000 and was a prospective member for then Sydney, Athens and Beijing, but missed out all due to injury. She's a long-distance runner. There was an interesting article this week. She's a mum and just juggling being a mum and being a professional athlete. And I think this ties in nicely to all those conversations we've had this year about female athletes and their need to juggle, whether it be children, whether it be a job, whatever it is, to make sure that they can compete at the highest level. Mission. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Find it hard enough for me when I'm the only one I have to be responsible for, let alone having a little one as Yeah, well. absolutely. absolutely. But that's probably where she gets most of her running in though, <laughs> just <laughs> running around after the little one. That's right. Give the little one a head start yeah. and I'll just, I'll just chase after you. Well, there'd be a big commitment for a female athlete who's at the top of the game to be able to go, okay, I'm going to take a nine months off basically. Like you're not going to be able to do that many Ks as a long distance runner mm. when you've got, you know, bub in your belly. Yeah. Um, and then after that, to be able to know that you're going to be able to come back when you still have those added responsibilities, you've got to be pretty selfish to be an Olympic athlete. There's so much time that you have to completely put aside for just you. And, you know, if you want that medal and you're going to take it seriously, you need to give it absolutely everything you can. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an absolutely massive uh, achievement to even be back into an Olympic side. So, I mean, hopefully we get a bit of a Cinderella story there and in the second Olympics we'll see a medal. Yeah, absolutely. So another athlete to get behind is Eloise Wellings. There'll be plenty more Olympics chat on the podcast in the next couple of weeks, but we'll leave it there and come back in a sec. Time for my favourite segment. It's time for Mary's Mix-Up. There's big news in the AFL this week with Holden announcing that it has changed its sponsorship agreement with Collingwood in the wake of Eddie Maguire's joke about Caroline Wilson. So Holden has announced that more than half of its money is now going to be devoted to Collingwood's new women's team, which will play in the inaugural AFL Women's League starting next year. I think that's fantastic and the more support that we can get for the Women's League, the better. Still talking AFL, uh, good luck to Giants debutante Harrison Himmelberg, who's going to be making his debut for the club against the Brisbane Lions tomorrow afternoon. He's the third Giants debutante this year, uh, along with Jacob Hopper and Matt Kennedy. So good luck to young, I'm going to call him young Harry now, and hopefully the GWS Giants get up against Brisbane tomorrow. The other thing I wanted to mention this week was continuing on from our Rugby Sevens team. The ball's been unveiled this week that'll be used when rugby makes its return to the Olympics after 92 years. The ball's been specially developed for rugby sevens and has a really cool modified surface grip pattern so that the handling properties are increased and the distance travelled when it is kicked is reduced. The women are definitely a team to watch heading into the Olympics. We'll be talking more about that in the weeks to come. Tickets are now on sale for the Rugby League Experience Annual Legends of League Grand Final Cruise. Spend the afternoon cruising Sydney Harbour with great food and drink whilst being entertained by rugby league legends Tommy Rodonigas, Michael Crocker and Mark Spud Carroll. In Sydney for the grand final? Why not join in the fun? For more information or to book, call us on 1300 885 718 or email therugbyleagueexperience.com.au. Worried that you've missed an episode of the Ladies Who League podcast? Worried that you've missed a blog from Ladies Who Leg, Ladies Who Line Out, Ladies Who Leg Spin or Ladies Who Leap? Well, not to fear because the Ladies Who Leg website now has a handy dandy subscribe button. So make sure you head up to ladieswholeg.com, 
hit the subscribe button and you'll be the first to receive new episodes of the podcast each week. We have State of Origin Round 2 also happening this weekend when the New South Wales Swifts take on the Queensland Firebirds this weekend. So we're at the business end of the netball season and we'll be having a big netball show next weekend. So I'll leave the netball chat for there. But Elle, thanks so much for coming in. It was a lot of fun this morning. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure. Looking forward to a big weekend off. So uh, we've got the bias. That's really exciting. We've got two points. Yeah, that's always a really well big exciting for yeah. the Tigers. Well done for the Tigers. We've hey, already won. Already a winner. How good's that going into the weekend? Already a winner. That rarely happens for Tigers <laughs> and Eels fans. Fantastic. Hayley, will I be seeing you at the base of the mountains tomorrow when Parramatta take on Penrith? <laughs> you definitely will. Okay, I'm looking forward to meeting Penny Panther. Have you seen Penny Panther yet? Yes. So Penny Panther is the Panther's girl mascot they now oh, have that's two that's a bit cute and her Look name's penny pulling up the playing field yeah well the bulldogs have done it too the, their mascot's oh, called bella that. she yeah. is really cute that's my dog's remember name as the, well too remember that's that cute. the best part of penrith is the growl noise so, so what's that's oh, part of oh, how does it go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's fantastic that, that will do me <laughs> Renee, thank you so much for coming in and bringing plenty of laughter into the studio. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it. And good luck to the Swifties this weekend, taking on the dirty Queensland Firebirds. I don't, they're not dirty, but I just hate Queenslanders. Yeah, that's fair (laughs) enough. Well, thank you all. It's been a lot of fun. So to everyone listening, I've had a competition running for the last two weeks to try and get Ladies Who League to 50 reviews on iTunes and said that I'll give away some merchandise when we do. We're still not there, so. <laughs> here's the update. So still here's going. the update. Still going. We're up to 43 now. So if everyone um, could please jump on iTunes and leave us a review. If you don't know how to do it, send me a tweet. I'm always there and I'll teach you how to do it. <laughs> Otherwise, the competition will turn into threats. <laughs> exactly. No so step up your game, people. Step up your game. Make sure you listen, subscribe, review. Have a great weekend. Go the eels. I don't know what's going to go wrong next. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Mary Kay from Lady. You're listening to Ladies League.